0: It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely, here on this Monday, August 31st. You can follow me on Twitter at MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at M I N. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here as we look to preview the 2020 Green Bay Packers season. And we have a very special guest here on the show. You might know him from WRFW or St. Croix Falls. Uh, He's also a Hall of Famer here at North Star Sports, but he also frequents Juniors Bar and Grill just to the west of Menominee, Wisconsin. It's Reagan Hooverman.
0: Oh, how's it going, man? It's great to be here.
1: Oh, it's going awesome. I, you know, I told everybody we'd finally get you on the show, and That's right. That's you know, right. we had to wrangle down the Hound Dog, but we finally got him.
0: Yep, yep. So uh, here we are. I'm ready to talk some Packers, a little off season, a little, little draft and all that stuff, and uh, it's going to be a good time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, tough to kind of figure out where to start here. I know it's a little bit out of order, but I'd like to start with the draft and then kind of roll into free agency just because I feel dra- uh, the draft is uh, the lifeblood of a team yep. um i don't know you know b- before we get into specific picks i just i kind of guess i'm i'm interested in, in what you thought of the draft as a whole and then maybe we could get a little more uh specific um, the, with some the, of the
0: picks so the draft in turn like overall for for green bay
1: yeah like how do you how do you think i mean i think the general consensus is uh, this draft certainly with taking a quarterback in the first round it's not necessarily a draft that's going to help you immediately. So how do you yes. how do you think this kind of factors in immediately? And then maybe, um, you know, you could talk about some of the long-term implications of making such major moves uh, early on in the draft.
0: Yep. No, that makes sense. I agree with that. I, so I, I would just say, you know, it's, a, it's super easy to just, you know, lose your mind and blow up and, and say this draft sucks and it's not great. And, and I understand that from a certain perspective, especially from, you know, coming off the 2019 season where the Packers are, you know you got blown out in the nfc championship game but you made it to the nfc championship game you were a team that won 13 and three so obviously the teams you you have a good football team and a good roster in front of you but in terms of the draft overall i, I wasn't super thrilled with the draft but based on the message that lafleur and Gudekinst and you know that the packers brass the message that they've been sending is that they want to take the team in a different direction and i think at the very least, it's encouraging to see that they're following up. It's not empty promises. It's, you know, so they said that, you know, the team wants to be more run heavy. We want to have a balanced offensive attack. That's why they draft running backs and to see them follow through on that, at least makes me kind of happy. However, I got to say just for my style and based on the the reaction on social media and, you know, ESPN and all the talking heads, basically, you got to go out and get a wide receiver and you know we can get into the jordan love pick at some point which we always obviously will but there was so many good wide receivers on the board it's you know you hear all the people saying the famous drafters mel kiper saying it's one of the best wide receiver drafts of all time do we know that for sure you know that's to be determined based on how those players pan out but based on the prospects this is supposed to be one of the best wide receiver drafts ever and if you're green bay and you have a couple early picks you have pick 26 um, and then you have an early second round pick um, and then obviously your third round pick, but those first two picks that, that late first round and that early second round pick, I feel like they had to go get a wide receiver and they didn't do that. Cause obviously that was one of the most glaring issues through last season. You had Devonte Adams, who was one of the best in the league. Um, I would argue probably a top four or five receiver in the league. Um, certainly in terms of production. But then after that, it was kind of a who's who of, of who's going to play well, you know, it, it just it, it didn't pan out pan out that well you have players that didn't develop mvs most notably uh, marquez veldez scantling who didn't play that well um was injured for a portion of the year you need a second solid wide receiver so that when Devonte adams is getting double teamed you have someone to go to obviously jimmy graham wasn't the answer at tight end he he was old and, and beaten down but um you know i was super excited to see the packers pick from an array of fantastic wide receivers in the first round or even the second round. And uh, that just never happened. So that's, that's how I see um, basically not addressing the biggest need on offense.
1: Yeah. I think I, I wouldn't disagree with anything you said. I do think um, I'm, I'm really tired. Well, I'm not tired. Cause obviously no secret, I'm a Vikings fan, but if I'm trying to put myself in the perspective of a Packers fan, you know, yeah, Devontae Adams, he's probably a top 10 wide receiver, uh, maybe maybe a top five, a you know a clear cut number one wide receiver. And Absolutely. I'm I'm really sick and tired of the Packers going. Well, we have these number five and number six and number seven wide receivers who are really talented. Let's just see what we can do with them. Yeah, well we've we've seen that with like a Miles White. Like that's the entire story of the Packers wide receiver core the last like five years. Is well, here are some bombs. Here's Jared Abbrederis. Uh, you know Rodgers will make him good. Yeah sometimes that's true because he, ha- he has made lesser wide receivers more serv- serviceable, certainly. But what would we do? It's kind of like the chiefs taking uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire uh in the first round as a running back where you go, well, we had an undrafted running back and look at how well we did with that. So let's not take a running back in the first two rounds. That's true. But on the flip side of that, Hey, if we could do that with some bomb off the streets, imagine what we could do if we invested in the position and, you know, sp- I'm not, trying to make it seem like i was a major fan of michael pittman jr but that certainly would have made sense he's a bigger bodied guy i think he's 6'4 personally i would have gone with t higgins because he's consistently shown during his time at clemson that he's you know in in these first and second round conversations i think he would have looked beautiful in in packers green and gold
0: yep i agree and and you know higgins would have been a great pick obviously i saw the build the frame you know the production from from pittman and That was the guy I had my eyes on. When I saw the Packers move up, I thought, "Here we go. They're going to move up. They're going to get the guy they've been waiting for." You know, best receiver on the board, or who was left at that time, Um, and and it just didn't happen. And I agree with you. I think you can you can the front office can take the stance of, "Well, I mean, we've got Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to throw people open," and and that might have been true three, four, five years ago, but Rodgers is no longer the the most talented quarterback in the history of the game. He's not playing like that anymore. He's playing more like, if you look at the numbers, a pretty much league average to slightly above league average quarterback. But he's got the name Rogers on the back of his jersey. He's in green and gold. It's number 12. And people are still looking at him like he's one of the three best in the game. And the numbers don't say that. The, the, the advanced metrics don't say that. Nothing says that. The eye test would say quite literally the opposite. If you look at him from last season, the eye test wasn't great. I mean, if, you're, if you go back to the Detroit game, I mean, my goodness, they're getting blown out in the first half because he can't make a throw. So if the, if the assumption by the front office and, and some of the fans is that, well, you still have Aaron Rodgers, he'll throw receivers open. Occasionally it'll happen. We, we saw it happen a bit last year, but it's not what it used to be. This isn't 2012, circa 2014 Aaron Rodgers, where he's just lighting the field on fire and doing whatever he can. At some point, you have to get established receivers who are good enough to go out there and get open themselves. He shouldn't have to be throwing receivers open that were drafted in the sixth round. And there's nothing wrong with a sixth-round draft pick. But at some point, you got to get some sort of at least semi-blue-chip receivers out there to help him as he ages and, and essentially declines.
1: Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers can overcome this and overcome that. Yeah, but what if you didn't put him in shitty situations? Like, you know, the offensive line has, I mean, for whatever you could say negatively about some of these guys, like you do lose a Brian Balaga who's been a a staple on the team. And, uh, you know, you've lost a JC Treader. You've lost guys like this. Um, I mean, addition through subtraction by losing Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham. Agree with that. But to kind of look at, you know, rounds two and three here. So I don't disagree with drafting a running back or a tight end. I just probably would disagree. And, well, it's, you know.
0: It's a philosophy change based on what Lafleur has said. I mean, they wanted they want to be more balanced on the attack. They want to run the ball, and, and and I and I don't think it's necessarily going after the running backs to go after running backs. I think it's going after running backs so they don't have to pay Aaron Jones, they don't have to pay Jamal Williams, because those players. If you if you look at Aaron Jones, I mean, can you imagine the money he's going to be asking for? I mean, he he was he, he led the league and I believe he led the league in touchdowns for running back last year when you go from the ground and through the air, I mean, that's a guy who's going to get paid a boatload of money. And I would like to believe the Packers are smart enough to not pay him a boatload of money. You just don't pay running backs in the year 2020. And I think that's the reason that they went for a, for a running back out of the draft in the second round.
1: Oh, I agree. Running back is, I would never pay a running back. I mean, this is my famous rules for running backs. I'd never sign them past age 29, and I'd never pay them more than $10 million. Anything within that parameter, we can talk. But un- unless you're – and whatever, Saquon's still young, but that might be the only exception. But even yep. then, I mean, it just never pays to, to pay running backs. But the thing is, I don't disagree with picking a running back and a tight end. I probably would have taken a wide receiver instead of a running back, but whatever. But I kind of disagree, uh, humbly so, with taking A.J. Dillon and Josiah DeGuara. Um, the tight end class was not super great, but by all accounts, this is a guy who was uh, pretty overdrafted in uh, DeGuara – Uh, You look at his stats and whatever, maybe they're not not necessarily looking for a receiving tight end. Maybe they're looking for a blocking tight end, which, you know, fair enough because, I mean, you've seen – I think you've seen kind of a shift with teams drafting more tight ends that are able to to run block. I mean, like – They can do all of it. Yeah, the Dolphins took, like, Durham Smythe or whatever, who had, like, three receptions in college a couple of years ago just because he's, like, an elite. Whatever. I mean, whatever the stats tell you is whatever they tell you. A.J. Dillon, uh, that's that's fine, especially knowing that – I mean, the bell cow back is a, is a myth these days. So, you know, A.J. Dillon, I don't think could be a bell cow back, even if you wanted him to be. Uh, speed's going to be a concern. He is a big running back, so I kind of like the lightning and thunder tandem yeah. with Jones. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, you had like Antonio Gibson and, and other guys like that. I feel like they kind of missed out at pick 62 if they were trying to go running back, because just a few picks before, uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins comes off the boards. boards yep. That would have been really interesting. Cam Akers even. You know, there was a lot of – there was probably about four or five high-level running backs, and unfortunately, they all went right before uh, the Packers picked at 62.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is, like, I'll, I'll keep going back, back to it throughout, throughout the duration of our conversation. I mean, it's it's a change in the system. And and Lafleur has been saying it since – and, and give, give credit to him, whether it works or not, that's to be determined, and, and I think we'll start seeing it this year um, and moving into next year as well. But it's a change in the philosophy. It's always been Green Bay. It's the air raid. You know, it's the West Coast offense. It goes back to literally Brett Favre in, in the mid-90s. And I, I think Lafleur is seeing that. They want to play a different way. And, and I don't mind that. It's – to play that way, you, you pretty much have to have a generational quarterback. I mean, you take a look at Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Drew Brees down in New Orleans. You have to have a quarterback of that caliber – if you want to throw the ball 60 times a game and i I think the packers are getting ready for the transition to jordan love which right or wrong we can get into that you know either later or, or soon but i mean they're setting up to change the entire offense from what was pretty much a decade of aaron Rodgers throwing 55 times a game and saying yeah go out there and win the game for us put up 42 points and 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 basically pray that the defense doesn't give up five touchdowns you know and and that's the way it's always been um so you know whether they were overdrafted or not you know they got who they wanted to get but i, I think the bottom line is is that the green bay packers are not going to look the same as they've looked for the last 10 years or so um, moving forward
1: yeah i'd, I'd have to agree And then just kind of talking about some of these later round draft picks, I'm not going to get into them too much because I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm Matt Miller and know a whole lot about Vernon Scott or whatever, but I will. I I, I, kind of like the idea of taking late round offensive linemen. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about these guys. I like the idea of doing it um, in practice. I mean, it's like anything with a sixth round pick in practice, you know, it's, it's not going to work out. I mean, the Vikings have drafted late round offensive linemen and not a single fucking one has ever worked out for them, but Yep. I mean, f- fair enough. I mean, I know the name Jake Hanson. He played on a really talented line at, at uh, Oregon with uh, Penny Sewell, who might be the first overall pick next year, uh, Calvin Throckmorton, Brady Aiello, uh, guys like that. And the fifth-round pick, Kamal Martin, I mean, just being a Gophers fan, I think that's a great pick. And and the thing I would say about the sixth- and seventh-round picks is, to be honest, I don't think there's such a thing as a bad sixth- or seventh-round pick because most of them don't work out anyway. So there really isn't. You, you could agree. take someone 500 the number 500 guy on the board and i wouldn't give a shit because it's a seventh round pick yep
0: i agree with that I, I mean it's yeah once once you get past basically round five it's 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 essentially a shot in the dark and i kind of agree with you i, I mean i don't mind taking offensive linemen you know you take two or three offensive linemen in, in round six and it's like all right you know maybe one pans out to be def- a decent offensive lineman and you're happy with that i mean it's 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 basically throwing you know, throwing darts at a board and seeing what sticks. And if you can find one decent player um, out of the out of the later rounds, I, I think you're doing pretty well. In, in terms of the Minnesota pick with with Martin, you know, I watched a lot of Minnesota games last year, especially because you know not, now they're a decent team. But it's like I, that guy stood out on some film. Like that's a that's a dude who makes plays. And to get him in round to get him in the fifth round and you know bring him to Green Bay linebacker has been something that's rephrase outside of outside linebacker uh like middle linebacker interior linebacker it's been pretty bad in green bay for a while obviously you get some additions in the offseason for green bay now the linebacking core is better but there was a time where it's like yeah blake martinez gets a ton of tackles but is blake martinez that good of a middle linebacker the answer is really no, no i mean outside of, outside of run stuffing yeah it looks good oh well Blake, Blake Martinez led the league in tackles it's like well that's great but if you go back and look at who's led the league in tackles more times than not it's someone who's not that great and is just making a lot of plays stopping the run I mean if you put Blake Martinez in coverage he's he's he was literally a liability he couldn't cover a tight end and in with the way that the game's played now you need someone who's got a bit more diversity And I, and I think Martin brings that from Minnesota so um, even though it was a later round pick, I was actually
1: pretty happy with that draft choice. Yeah. I loved it. I, in college, I was more partial to Carter Coughlin. Cause I think he was a better player, but obviously there's concerns with him. Is he an outside linebacker? Is he a defensive yeah. end? He's kind of undersized or oversized kind of a tweener. So I, yep. I like, I like Kamal Martin specific. and not, yep. not to blow the load on free agency. So I won't mention any names, but the Packers did lose three linebackers who saw significant time last year. So, yep. I mean, Kamal Martin, might see pretty significant time. I mean, who knows how they how that all shakes out through, you know, what they're seeing uh, through – well, I guess they didn't do mini camp, whatever the hell they're doing, training camp these days. Yep, yep, training camp. So we've been yeah. dancing around the, the biggest talker Absolutely. From, from, from the offseason for the Packers, <laughs> and that is uh, their drafting of quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State with the 26th overall pick in the draft. I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this because I think we differ greatly on this.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm curious to see what you think then. Um, now, do you, do you want instant reaction or do you want like 30,000 foot view from
1: me? Because those are pretty different. I want them both. Give me everything. We've been okay. missing in- the hound dog on the radio. Okay. Give me everything.
0: Okay, I'll give you everything. Um, so I'll give you instant reaction first because that's probably what people want to hear more i was i was not happy i you know i saw them move up i thought here we go it's wide receiver rogers is getting a weapon there's a you know there's a there's a robin to Devonte adams batman and it just didn't happen um i saw a quarterback and i immediately facepalmed because whether it turns out to be i mean if he turns out to be you know a hall of famer then great i mean that's awesome but I think the goal for Green Bay has to be winning while you still have Aaron Rodgers. And, and I think that's a, a pretty normal take. That's a, that, I think that's consensus among people who watch a lot of NFL football. And I, I, and I just think you have to get – because, you know, Rodgers has – well, now we don't know about how much time he has left with the drafting of Love. But pre-draft of Love, you'd assume Rodgers has four years left. You know, does he have three or four more good years? You make one or two more runs through the playoffs and see if you can win a Super Bowl. And to do that, you need great offensive talent. Do you need someone who's going to go out there next to Devontae Adams and be able to take some of the pressure off him, give Rogers another weapon? Obviously, the offensive line outside of, um, I'm blanking on the name, the guy they drafted last year, the left guard. Outside of. Uh, uh, oh, Elton, Elton Jenkins. Jenkins? Yeah, outside of Jenkins, who's well i mean looks like he's gonna be one of the best guards in the league but outside of that the offensive line is getting worse i mean like like we talked about you lose blog at right tackle i know he wanted a boatload of money but it's you still have to downgrade um you need more weapons for rogers that's the bottom line and in not drafting a wide receiver which we go back to what we talked about earlier you're hurting your chances to win a super bowl so my instant reaction was frustration i, w- I wasn't happy um you know, and, and if you bring this tape up in five years and Jordan Love is, you know, the, uh, a top 10 quarterback in the league, then we can revisit it and I'll look stupid. But I think it's fair to say, no matter regardless of what he turns out to be, I think frustration is an acceptable response based on where the Packers were last year. You know, you make the NFC Championship game um, against San Francisco and you get crushed. But, I mean, the offense couldn't do anything against San Francisco's defense. And I realize it's one of the best in the league, but adding – Adding talent at wide receiver helps you get closer to a Super Bowl in the next two years, and the Packers didn't do that. So I would say frustration was my biggest response um, to, to the Jordan Love draft pick. So, yeah. I
1: what it, I mean, what, what was your initial response? So this is how you – because, again, I'm a Vikings fan. Don't like the Packers. So you, this is how you know this is genuine. When I saw that pick came through, I went, fuck. Like, I did not – I did not like that as a Vikings fan, which means it's a good move for the Packers. I, I like it because I question your ceiling over the next couple of years with the team, and this is paying it forward. So that's I fair. I wonder why more teams don't draft quarterbacks, because it's always been my contention that you, if you have a great defense, that's awesome. You're going to need at least a serviceable defense to win a Super Bowl. If you have good running backs, that's, that's awesome. Sometimes we see teams win without them. Very cool. Specialists are important. Everything has a place in this game, even fullbacks. But, dude, like, in my opinion, like, 75% of the fucking game falls on the quarterback. So investing in the most important position – so let's even say worst-case scenario, which isn't even that bad because it just means Rodgers is going to be your quarterback for longer than you thought. Say Jordan Love never starts a game for the Packers. It still was worth it. I wouldn't wouldn't call it a success because it didn't work out. But even worst-case scenario – ah, you tried to find the most important position in the game. Well, I can't really fault you for that. And here's something to consider. So I'm kind of curious with your thoughts on this. And then we can kind of dive into, you know, on the field stuff with Jordan Love, because there's obviously many question marks when you talk about his junior and senior year, uh, you know, and the downgrade he took. Yep, absolutely. But a quarterback on a rookie contract is so valuable. I mean, you're you're saving yourself Probably these days, when it comes to re upping a quarterback in the free agency, uh, it could be 35
0: million.
1: Oh, it could be 40. It could be, 40. Yeah, and it, you know, you know what yeah. I think it will be. I think it'll be a percentage of the cap at some point. So,
0: I think will have to happen as well. Yeah, so
1: a rookie contract is so valuable. I think this is Aaron Rodgers' last year as a starting quarterback of the Packers. I don't think they waste three years of a rookie contract wow. on Jordan Love sitting on the bench. Why would you? I mean, obviously, having a good quarterback is always important. So, if it takes three years. I am sure they'll have no problem with it taking that long, but I think they're really going to try to push him because it's, it's so valuable. You talk about getting a wide receiver. How does $30 million in, in extra free agent money sound next year or, or two years from now when you don't have Rogers on the team?
0: Yep. No, I, 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 kind of agree with what you're saying. I think the problem is that a lot of people don't think he'll be ready next year. They don't think he'll be ready the year after that. It's uh, I mean, a lot of people, especially you know, like the draft and the, what did what did the Packers do? You know, like the talking heads that, that grade drafts. Um, a lot of them have said that you know Jordan Love probably won't be ready for two years, and I think you know obviously he's first round, so you get you get the five years essentially. But if you're going to draft a, a rookie quarterback, I think you need to, like you said, you need to take advantage pretty much immediately and start after next year to have basically four years of of a run at a Super Bowl but I just my my initial reaction is that and I know you're probably going to totally disagree with this but I think you owe it to Aaron Rodgers to push all the chips in and get him as many weapons as possible and say go win us the Super Bowl before you retire and is that the smartest approach probably not it's the approach that I would take you have a Hall of Fame quarterback I know he's been playing more like a league average quarterback, but you've still got a guy who can make plays. And I, I think pushing the proverbial chips in and saying, we're going to give you as much help as we can in the next basically two to four years. See if you can win us a Super Bowl. I think that would have been the right move. But based on how they drafted, based on them changing the philosophy, essentially, with drafting a tight end, drafting a running back, drafting a quarterback, I think. You can read between the lines and say they don't think this Packers team is actually that good. I think it's fair to assume that good against and Lafleur are saying, "Yeah, this is a team that won 13 and three last year, and yeah, we were in the, in the NFC Championship game." But if you take a look at it, what happened in that NFC Championship game? The offense couldn't do anything. The defense couldn't stop the run. And maybe you're further away than you think they are if you if you look at some of the advanced metrics for rating some of the best teams of all time in terms of teams that have great records. If you go through the teams that have gone 13 and three, the 2019 Packers are one of the worst teams ever to win 13 games. And, you know, take it, take it as you will. And the Packers were great in one score games and and they got some lucky breaks and they were a fairly healthy team. I don't think the team wins more than 10 games next year. And I think it's going to be more of a transition year, especially with, how things have gone how the packers have drafted what the what lafleur is talking about and uh i just think i have a different philosophy from matt lafleur in terms of where the packers should be going like i said earlier i'm pushing all the chips in i'm getting rogers weapons and um he's looking more at it from a a view of of not rebuilding but kind of reloading you know you start over you get yourself a rookie quarterback and you know, you, you start amassing some draft picks and, and, and you start changing philosophy. Um, so I guess it's, it's just a, a difference in thinking, and that's, that's the best way to put it. But in, in terms of, you know, 30,000-foot view, how I see the future, now that you've made the draft pick, now that Jordan Love is on the roster and you've drafted the running back and you've drafted tight end and you're setting up for that change in philosophy, I'm okay with where the team is going. It's maybe not the route I would have taken, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with how they've done things so far. They're sticking to what they said they would do. And I agree with you. You know, the, the most valuable position in sports is quarterback. And having a quarterback on a rookie contract is exponentially more, more valuable. I mean, if you, if you take a look at the past, who are the players that are having the most success right now? Patrick Mahomes, who obviously just got a Brinks truck backed up to his residence. But before that, on a cheap deal. Look at Lamar Jackson. He's on a cheap deal. You're getting all these quarterbacks that are competing for a championship right now that are on cheap deals. And that's the future, especially you you look at what Dak Prescott wants is that that dude's going to get $40 million. That team's going to be decimated. If you pay him $40 million considering what they've already paid Zeke. I mean, the the future is like you said, it's working quarterbacks on rookie deals. It's not paying running backs. It's improving O-line pass rushers. That's the future. And um, I think the Packers are kind of adjusting their course to uh, fit that schedule, especially with the rookie quarterback.
1: Oh, I agree. And could the Packers win a Super Bowl in the next four years if Rodgers was a quarterback for the next four years, which I think is how long his, his contract is? I, I, yep, yeah, it's four years. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, I know what I have with Rodgers. It's pretty good. It's better than a lot of teams have. But I know what I have with Rodgers, and I know the trajectory. And yeah. I, I like the allure of love. And here's the thing me personally, I don't believe in sitting quarterbacks. Now Rogers is going to be the starter this year for sure. There's no doubt about yep. that, but I don't, I don't know, man. Like, okay. So Mahomes sat his first year. What he done of, what he done. Jeez. English is fucking hard. Would he you huh. as well? His rookie year, if he started right away, I don't know, maybe, but I, I think either you're ready or you're not to be honest. And I, I, I don't really believe in, in sitting quarterbacks now. The, the thing with Jordan Love is you, you love the intangibles. The intangibles are awesome. I mean, he's pretty much the same as Patrick Mahomes when you look at height and weight and, wow, this guy's got a great arm and, oh, he's pretty mobile. Uh, he was of really, yeah. really, really bad his last year at Utah State, which is not known for you know uh, being a football powerhouse. But he was really awesome his junior year. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe him sitting his, his rookie year, which I don't think he'll have a, a choice, you know, at yeah, earlier still start his second year. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that works, but I don't know. Teams say this all the time. You know, Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to sit for a year, came in in week three. I don't know. I mean, would he, would love know the playbook more if he sat for twelve months and studied it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Probably, but but if the difference is that big? You know? Yeah, I don't really. I, I think either you have it or you don't, and I mean they're gonna find out one way or the other. So. It's. It, I, I like that
0: you brought up the the junior season compared to the senior season, and I kind of looked into that a bit. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm some college analyst that can you know look at someone and tell you what they're going to be. But I listened to some smart people, and I I think that's pretty a pretty good idea to to take when trying to formulate your own thoughts. And I listened and read and 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 did some research on on people talking about Jordan Love from junior from his junior to his senior year, and the the pretty much the consensus was that his junior year he felt comfortable he was doing what he was supposed to do he played well you know he won some games in his senior year people were basically saying that he was trying to do too much he was trying to make too many plays you know you come off a year you you play well and you're throwing a bunch of touchdowns you're mobile in the pocket your legs are working you're doing great things and it it seemed like it was almost a he thought he could do too much he tried to do more than he was capable of doing you know you're 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 testing too many tight windows you're not making smart throws anymore maybe you're running more than you should instead of sliding or getting out of bounds and that led to mistakes that led to turnovers and it led to lost games and i kind of believe that and i'm not going to say i've sit here and watched every snap that he's ever done in in his junior and senior year but i watched a game or two and and i kind of fall into that same thinking point is that, that it it just seemed like he was trying to do more than he was supposed to, and and he kind of got flustered with that. Um, and, and I th- I think that's something that I'm I can live with. You can fix that. What you can't fix is someone that can't someone that can't feel pocket presence, someone that can't move, someone that's not mobile, someone that has no accuracy. You you can fix little little glitches in thinking, um, but you can't you can't fix things like the intangibles like you were talking about earlier. Um, with the comparison to Mahomes, um, obviously we're not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but he's got intangibles to be a good quarterback. I think sitting behind Rodgers, like even if it's just for a year, I think that'll help him out so much. And and I know people want to say, well, is Aaron gonna do what Brett did? Is he gonna? Is he not gonna help him? I don't see that happening. I mean, I've heard Aaron, I've heard Aaron Rodgers talk about it, and he's been, he's been pretty upfront. But saying, you know, I'm not happy with the draft pick. I'm a, I'm a starting quarterback. You know, I want to play here. I want to be here for the rest of my career, but he said he would help him. He said, he'll teach him and, and give him some tips and, and do what he can. And I think that's a professional approach. Um, and I have a lot of faith in, in what the Packers will do with Jordan Love. Um, it, it's just not the direction that I would have taken right now. And that's the way I see it.
1: Yeah. I think surprisingly the relationship between Love and Rodgers, at least early on, seems pretty cordial and and you know like it's not going to cause a team rift and i think yep. i mean i'm sure rogers has no trade clause but i'm sure you know and listen it's entirely possible that rogers plays out of his out of his mind and finishes out his contract with the packers i'm not saying yep. that's the most likely scenario but you know if he's playing at an mvp level like obviously they're not going to make the switch but i think it's kind yep. of you yep. can read between the lines and go well if i'm rogers i have it, it behooves me not to be a dick because if and when i have to leave this team Like I'd prefer the Packers to, you know, send me to the right place or if they cut me. Yeah. And and things like this. Um, So just kind of wrapping up the the draft talker here, I'm kind of curious to know your letter grade for the draft uh, in its entirety.
0: Okay. So I'm going to meet somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say, I'm going to say C draft. Um, If I, if I base it on the next year or two, I would say it's more like a D Um, But if I base it on four years from now, it could be a B or B plus. So because a lot of it is TBD, um, I'm going to, I'm going to meet right in the middle and say C draft.
1: All right. Well, I think that's very, very nuanced. Um, I'm going to go a B minus and I I agree with you. Uh, You know, rounds three all the way to seven probably aren't going to help you very much. And AJ Dillon, at least four you know, the next couple of years, I mean, you drafted a, uh, you know, a second string running back with a second round pick, obviously, you know, you don't just draft for the first two years, you draft for the career hopefully. So, um, you know, the, the immediate impact is probably going to be incredibly negligible. Um, But I I like, like I said, quarterbacks like 75% of the game. So you're taking a risk on extending your franchise another 15 to 20 years with, you know, potentially, hopefully for, for the Packers sake, a really good quarterback. I like it, even if it doesn't work out, I'm still going to say it's a B minus. The reason why it's not higher is uh, this was a historic wide receiver draft class. um, And you didn't, you didn't even take one, like, okay. They didn't take one period. That's my point. Like, all right. If you didn't want to take T Higgins, you know, with the 26th overall pick because you really had your eyes on Jordan love, that's fine. That's fine. But you know, you could have taken Tyler Johnson in the fourth. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's very deep as well.
0: I, I agree with that you could have got someone in the fourth fifth round uh, even to the sixth round i was reading some some writing from f- some beat writers on espn saying you know there's starting caliber wide receivers in round six and green bay didn't do any of that you know what whether they pan out or not it, wh- whatever you, you can determine that later but to not even take a stab at it i mean that that's the that's the questionable part for me
1: oh i would i mean You know, uh, Lynn Bowden, uh, Brian Edwards, uh, Gandy Golden, uh, Colin Johnson, Tyler Johnson, even in the seventh round, KJ Hill. Tyler
0: Johnson would have been awesome.
1: Oh, man. And, you know, I guess the knock with Tyler Johnson is like separation and and speed and stuff like that. Ah, what if if, uh, fit in very well with the – which I don't even buy that, first of all. I think, honestly, Tyler Johnson probably should have been a late second-round pick, maybe early third-round pick just because it's a historic draft class, but – I don't yep. buy any of that bullshit with Tyler Johnson. I think, especially you see where he went, I think he's going to have a A-OK career in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it just missed, in my opinion. You got to take someone and give 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 a wide receiver a shot, and, and the Packers didn't do that, which I think is unfortunate. But here we are. I mean, I, I you could make the argument kind of a little bit of a segue. You could make the argument they tried to address it in free agency
1: yeah, well, so let's let's get to that. Um, so obviously we're going a little out of order, but I mean the draft is by far more important important than free agency, certainly historically for the Packers. Although uh, I'll get to a talker I have in a minute. Oh God, free! I mean free agency historically for Green Bay. I mean they, I mean they cut the phone lines.
0: They don't make any calls, dude. They they don't do anything outside of the last literally last year. The Packers have done no free agency for a long time.
1: Yeah. So you look at. Uh, some of the major moves here. Um, so I, maybe it's the neg- negative negative uh, person inside of me, but I'm going to start with what you lost. Cause I would argue that you lost more than you um, added in free agency. So you're losing Brian Bulaga, Blake Martinez, Geronimo, Allison, uh, Fackrell, Goodson, uh, Spriggs, which I mean, that's probably a good thing. And Jimmy ground, Jimmy Graham, which is also a good thing. Uh, notables that you added were Rick Wagner, Christian Kirksey, uh. Funchess, but he opted out. So I'm not even going to count that. And yeah. then you, you signed like Travis Fulg him. So, um, you know, well, maybe we'll get a little more specific as we go on, but overall, what do you make of the free agency period for the Packers?
0: I think it was, I would say respectable. And obviously there's, there's, there's positions that you lose and Martinez, the Packers were never going to play, pay, Blake Martinez. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. He's not dynamic enough. That's a dude. Blake Martinez is a dude that would have been a fantastic linebacker in 1985. <laughs> would have been a Hall of Famer in 1985. But it, but it's just not that game anymore. You know, it's not, it's not half, it's not halfback dive 45 times a game. If it was, Blake Martinez would be the most, you know one of the highest paid linebackers in the game. But he has no, he has literally no coverage ability. He's a liability on tight ends. He's a liability on running backs, and he makes a lot of tackles. You can get a lot of guys who can tackle pretty well for a lot less money. So I'm okay with Blake Martinez walking. Um, and, and he made it clear that he didn't want to take a pay cut. The Packers would have kept him if he would have taken a big pay cut, but that, that wasn't going to happen. And and so he walked And I think that was maybe not addition by subtraction, but I, I think it was smarter to save some cash and not pay him in terms of Bulaga. That one hurts. And I know, I know Brian Bulaga wanted a lot of money and he ended up getting it. Um, for, I believe he went to the chargers, but yes. Yep the problem the problem is you can't pay everyone and yeah they had they Wagner and, and and it looks like he's gonna he's gonna play right tackle and he'll be okay it's a downgrade for sure and it's frustrating um but the Packers decided they they didn't want to spend their money at right tackle it, it, is that the best idea I'm not sure I'd have to take a look at, at you know the more specifics into the cap um but that was essentially their reasoning for not bringing Belaga back it wasn't that he wasn't a great player because he was an awesome right tackle for a long time him and um Bakhtiari on the left side, they've been fantastic. Um, but, you know, you get Wagner, you try to fill that gap, and it's unfortunate, but it's, it's more of a cap casualty than anything else. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Where are you on Martinez and, and Bulaga? You know, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right with Bulaga. You can't afford to pay everyone, and he's had injury problems, and he's kind of getting up there in age as well. Um, so I understand that would, it, would it have been preferable to resign him for the right, for the right dollar amount. Sure. Right. Martinez, I could find a Blake Martinez in free agency yep. every single year. I am not concerned no, about that at all. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you replaced him with a fifth round pick and Kamal Martin. And I would not even think twice about it. Hey, you probably, um, you
0: probably got better.
1: <laughs> yeah, you probably did. Um, this is the problem with having a draft that is not going to help you immediately because Um, and I know the draft comes after free agency, which I think is a really dumb way to do it. But like, okay, so we don't take a wide receiver in a historic draft class. You look at the free agent wide receivers out there. uh, You didn't really sign any of them, but even if you did like, dude, we're talking about like Corey Coleman and Tavon Austin, who's a kick return guy or Laquan Treadwell. So you're talking about like, you know, just garbage bin level players. Um, Free agency so I, th- I think it's kind of tough because, uh, for the first time ever, the Packers discovered free agency last year, and I don't think it's fair to compare last year to this year just because. Boy, it. I mean, finding two Pro Bowl level edges is going to be That's really a, hard to duplicate every year. Yeah, but I mean, that, that doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, but I mean, you couldn't find anybody, and the problem is with free agency. C level players get paid like B level players, B like A. You're always overpaying. I mean, Absolutely. sure, there's barb- bargain bin stuff, but you, you probably don't want that anyway. But I I just look at free agency and it's just so underwhelming. I mean, uh, I, I'm not too concerned defensively because even if, like, I'm not crazy about the Packers' linebacking core, but there's enough enough depth there where I go, you had, uh, you'll I probably mean they find had, somebody.
0: They had Kirksey as well, who's you know. Kyle well, reports is going to fit well into the system. And and that improves linebacker quite a bit, especially on the inside.
1: Oh, of course. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, adding Kirksey is fine. And and really, I mean, Kirksey didn't get cut from the, from the Browns because he wasn't good. He just, you know, they signed him into a ridiculous contract way too early in his career. And, you know, they the, kind of the, didn't meet the expectations. As well. Yeah. The injury hurt. Yeah. So uh, Kirksey's fine. I like adding Rick Wagner, although I'm not trying to make it seem like he's a fucking pro bowl, tackle but I mean he's a guy who's probably started I don't know 80 games in the league at this point so I mean you get a you get a guy who knows what he's doing yep he's not going to come in and be a disaster and I think that's kind of what Green Bay was going
0: for after Balaga you know hit the door
1: yeah so I I like that but other than that like dude that's really all they signed like Funchess but he opted out Malik Turner whoever the fuck that is like so it's just I mean even, even when you talk about bargain bin deals and they still have 14 million in cap, although it's obviously, you know, we're well it's, past free agency. It's
0: pretty late. Yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's like, could you not bring in like just young bargain bin guys to just even just bring them into camp shot. and see what they could do. Even if you cut 90% of them, like, let's just see what guy. like maybe the Packers feel completely content with what they have on the roster and fair enough. Although I'd venture to guess, you know, just knowing how the nfl works you probably don't have every single position figured out so i i i don't know man i just look at the roster and at certain position at certain positions i just kind of go well you didn't do a whole lot in the draft or in free agency like what like you're going into a season like so here's the thing like you could be like devonta adams wow this guy's a great wide receiver uh but he become he moves down from a number one wide receiver uh, to a number two wide receiver when it comes to effectiveness because he's going to get double teamed every single fucking play because you're going to run out equanimius St. Brown and Jake Kumaro opposite to him. So it's not even like, that's the amazing part too, is you could just kind of get average. Like you could have signed, I don't know, Corey Coleman and Laquan Treadwell. And I'm not trying to make it seem like they'll even make the team but I don't know, maybe they figured out something they're young. And if you could just get an average number two wide receiver, like that makes players around you better. It's not even about improving at a specific spot in the depth chart. It's about improving as a unit. So like, I like the prospects of Devonte Adams. And I'm, I guess I'm just picking the wide receivers. Cause that's probably my biggest concern for the team, but like, okay, well, if Jake on the off chance that Jake Kumaro doesn't work out as a number two or number three wide receiver, uh, what are we going to do at this point?
0: well and that's and that's another thing with the green bay wide receivers i mean last year i mean give a lot of credit to alan lazard i know i know it's i know it's a super unknown name and if you didn't watch i I know you know who he is and you know he's a decent player like for a lot of people out there that are that are listening and and maybe didn't watch every packers game alan lazard totally unknown name good player i mean he's a good wide receiver and he, he had some big games last year and and rogers has spoke highly of him i'm you know so there's there's some potential there with Alan Lazard, but I mean you go after that, and he's not even completely proven yet he'll be getting more attention this year now that people know he's a decent player but after that m v s who was injured for a lot of the year who, who literally wasn't seeing snaps even when he was healthy, Aquanimius saint Brown wasn't playing kumro i mean he's a decent player but he's th- this is not a number this is not a solidified number two guy like I mean, they're lucky. They should really be feeling lucky that Alan Lazard turned out to be a pretty decent player. But if that guy doesn't show up and make an impact last year, they're not winning 13 games. I mean, he he played really well last year, and and I think that's a good sign. But the problem is you shouldn't be relying on someone to have a breakout year. And and breakout, I should be putting in air quotes – at your wide receiver two position, that's a dude that it's like, whoa! If he plays well at wide receiver four, or if he plays well in the slot, then you are happy with that. But they need they they should have found someone that was going to be a solidified number two. But moving on from Alan Lazard and the and a lot of the trash at wide receiver in Green Bay. Hold on, I
1: just have one more point to make at wide receiver, real okay. quick. Yep, yep, you got it. So, not to toot the Vikings' own horn here, and this is a little different. It's apples to you know potatoes here, but like, okay, so we we draft Justin Jefferson. Maybe he's yep. a good wide receiver his rookie year. Maybe he's not. Maybe he'll take some time. But they also signed Tajay Sharp, a guy who's been in the league, who yep. if he had to be your number two, he's not a number two. But if he had to be his number two, you'd go, oh, I could do worse. Yep. So, it won't be a dumpster fire. Yeah. So maybe Alan Lazard, maybe this guy is the next Andre Johnson. But it's also equally as possible. He's, he's the 2014 Minnesota Vikings version of Charles Johnson, who has a couple of yeah. hot games and then You're is right. just – Oh, th- that's why he was undrafted. That's why the Jaguars cut him. So it's entirely possible. Both. W- I'm not going to put a percentage on it because no, I don't. I, be a dick, no, I
0: agree but... with that. And that's that's kind of what I'm saying is the Packers should feel lucky that he played really well last year. That's a guy who didn't have expectations, and he comes out and balls out for a couple games. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't have an insane game in that Detroit game last year, they lose it. And and Detroit was a dumpster fire last year. Alan Lazard literally won that game for him. He had like four big catches down the sideline. And I think he had a touchdown over the middle, like that's a dude who literally won them games last year. And if you're saying, well, Alan Lazard is winning us games, I think you've got a serious problem at wide receiver. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but that that's that's just how I see that. But th- there's one name that I'd like to bring up that doesn't get talked about enough who isn't in green and gold right now and absolutely should be. I'd like to start a campaign for um, Tremont Williams. Can we get that guy back in the nickel, please? That dude has been a fantastic player for Green Bay for a long time. I know he's getting pretty old. I know he's pretty old. But that dude knows the playbook like the back of his hand. He's never going to make catastrophic errors. He helped you win a Super Bowl 10 years ago, which I'm not saying is a reason to bring him back now. But I'm saying you know he's been a good player. He played well last year. He was a good player in the slot. And they haven't brought him back. I feel like Green Bay is giving up on so much – so much certainty I mean you Tremont Williams you bring him back you know exactly what you're getting you're not going to get an amazing player in the slot you're going to get a solid player who knows what he's doing and isn't going to make back breaking mistakes they haven't brought him back they as far as I'm concerned from what I've read they didn't even talk to him he was he was like yeah I'd like to be back in green and gold and they said they basically said get lost buddy and I hate that. I really hate that. So, who are you gonna have do it? You have Chandon Sullivan playing the slot. <laughs> that Chandon dude could Sullivan. be. If you're, I'm serious. If you're gonna have that dude play in the slot, wh- what are you doing? If he's bad, you have no backups. You have literally none. At least if you have Tremont Williams, you know what you're getting. He's a smart player. Yeah, he's getting old. I think he. I want to say he's 37 or 38 years old. But like, come on, man. Like. Eh, Brian Gudikins, make the call, get him back in there, and and square away a a pretty important position. You get the nickel corner, dude's gonna play some slot. That's a position that you need to have some certainty at. And right now I'm assuming the Packers are gonna rely on Shannon Sullivan, who could literally be a dumpster fire in the slot. Yeah, maybe he's good and, and I think I think he played pretty well last year. But at some point you gotta you gotta just go with you know, you got to know go with what you've got, and and I think Tramon Williams would have came back on a cheap deal, a veteran minimum, and would have played in the slot. And and they literally didn't offer him anything. And well, even, even if
1: you even if you bring Tramon Williams back at, at a league minimum and cut him before the season, wouldn't you want him teaching your corners? Absolutely. So I, I don't I don't trust Chandon Sullivan because he was cut by the Eagles in 2018, and they have the worst secondary in the league. Uh, oh, but whatever, so maybe he's good. <laughs> but uh, I look at the secondary for the Packers. I think the oldest player in the secondary is Amos and he's like
0: 27. It's a super young secondary.
1: Yeah, so and you have you have some talent. I'm not going to say you have some I mean, there's some good players, but I'm not going to make it seem like oh, Josh Jackson is, you know, the next coming of, you know, fucking Charles Woodson here but yeah, why why would you why would you not bring back Jermon Williams yeah i agree or just if, i mean it's kind of like Terrence Terrence Newman at the end of his career like ah he could hold on for dear life and you know he was serviceable but he's basically a player coach i mean you serviceable the, is what the i'm packers, looking for the packers need yeah. their tree rollins
0: i agree i agree and that's and that's been so frustrating to me and i and i know it's not just me cuz i was like i obviously i follow a lot of green bay reporters that are you know they've got the insider information whatever but I love reading up on the Packers, and and pretty much everybody's saying, why not even extend an offer to Tremont Williams? You offer him the minimum. If he says no, he says no. You can at least say you tried. You can at least say you tried for someone for a serviceable veteran to play your nickel slot. And the problem is they, they didn't do that. If Chandon Sullivan comes out and is terrible, someone's gonna have to answer for it. Someone's gonna have to say, yeah, he's he's pretty bad this year. And why is he bad? Because we didn't. We decided not to offer anything to Tremont Williams. Could Tremont Williams fall off a cliff? Yeah, he could. But like you said, you bring him in, you, you send him through camp, which obviously now it's, it's getting way too late for that. But you bring him in, at the very worst, you cut him before the season starts and he's taught a few things to the younger guys. And they haven't even done that. So that's – I know it's – for a lot of people that's not going to be a big deal, but just little things like that can make a big difference in – in the quality of a secondary.
1: So here's the thing, and you can see this at every position group, but I think there might be a misconception. Or if, if there's not, there needs to be a rethinking of how we do rosters because it's not just about having the most talented roster. Talent is awesome, but talent doesn't inherently win games. It could. It oftentimes leads to good things, but the, the Browns might be the most talented roster in the NFL, but that doesn't mean shit. I so you, you might be able to say, hey, th- this – secondary group for the Packers is as talented as we possibly could make it. Like, you know what I mean? And obviously, you know, other teams are drafting and stuff like that. So it's not like you just traded everybody on Madden to one roster, but like, okay, (laughs) realistically, this is as talented as we could make it. Okay. Is that going to lead to us winning games? Well, not necessarily. Like, why do you, why do you think Josh McCown and Luke McCown and all these, you know, forty-year-old quarterback stay in the league for so long because it's important to teach the younger players. Now, that's at quarterback. I think that's more generally accepted. But why wouldn't you have like why does a Marcus Sherrill... I mean, obviously, you know, he's a good punt returner and stuff like that. But you know, like I don't know, just just having a bunch of talented twenty-four-year-olds. I don't know. Like maybe they figure it out, but you're, you're kind of hoping. I mean, it's possible, but you kind of you're kind of wishing on a prayer there. Uh, on a prayer there. Why wouldn't you have? You know a veteran who's done that before. It doesn't even have to be Tremon Williams, although that obviously would be a clear-cut fit that would make the most sense. But just yep. not having like whatever. I, I don't know a whole lot about Adrian Amos, but are we going to rely on him to be uh, not only a leader but a teacher in that secondary? Maybe, but I don't. I don't know what is he going to teach Will Redmond or Stanford Samuels. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's been. I, I mean. The secondary has a lot of talent. I mean, you look at Jair Alexander, you look at Kevin King, who Kevin King's going to want to get paid here soon, and so is Jair, and that's going to be a problem um, financially for the Packers. But, I mean, you look at that, it's a super young secondary. I mean, you draft a safety uh, last year, obviously prior to this year's draft. So last year's draft, um, you add Adrian Amos in, in free agency going back a year, and it's a young secondary. They haven't played together long. They're still trying to figure things out. And like you said, I think having a veteran presence in that locker room to kind of relax guys and help them help build chemistry and, and, you know, teach them some of the things that maybe you can't learn in your first two years. It's something that I don't know, maybe a 14 year veteran in Tremont Williams will be able to teach some guys with Super Bowl experience and, and a, and a ton of playoff experience. And I just think some of those things are overlooked and, you know, maybe, maybe it's just me overthinking things, but. I don't see any harm in offering Tremont Williams a deal two months ago and asking him to come back and help the younger
1: guys. Well, here's the argument for Tremont Williams. You want to hear my argument? I'd love to hear Demarius Randall, haha, Clinton Dix, Quentin Rollins, and Casey Hayward. All those players had their best years not in a Packers uniform. The Packers have had a really talented secondary for a long time. Hasn't done fuck all for the majority of the past decade. So talent, talent inherently is not going to do anything. They've, the Packers actually, when you look at their draft, they get history, rid
0: of talent.
1: Exactly, they actually draft very well in the secondary. Yes. They just and don't play well for it. the Packers. Micah Hyde, I mean he he was
0: in I mean he was in Green Bay. Oh yeah, well my, my, Micah Hyde, yeah, it's he's a decent player.
1: What does he do? He goes to Buffalo and turns into an All Pro man. He like wha- he was in the running for defensive MVP yes. that year. Same with yes. Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward pretty much became Casey- a fucking all pro with the Chargers. Fantastic when he got to the Chargers. Yeah. Demarius, Demarius Randall. Dude, I mean, he's he cool, he's cooled them. off a little bit, but Demarius Randall was damn near a Pro Bowl level safety the year he left the Packers. Well, well here's the, and here's the, here's the funny thing about Demarius Randall.
0: There there were a ton of reports, and and Randall's confirmed it himself. You know, the Packers were playing him. They're playing him like corner, and he was like, listen. I'm not a corner. I'm telling you I'm a safety. And Green Bay was like, yeah, we're pretty sure you're a corner. And he goes somewhere else and he plays safety and basically turns into an all-pro for a year. Like, that is – you know, when someone shows you who they are, you have to believe them. And he's saying, dude, I'm a safety. I'm a safety. And Green Bay is like, I don't think you are. Maybe that's the reason the defense has been – outside of last year, the defense has been a dumpster fire for a decade. Last time the
1: Packers' defense was good was like 2011. Yeah, there, there's much to work on from a leadership role. Um, so kind of wrapping up free agency, here, free agency here, I'd kind of like to get your, your final thoughts on free agency and then uh, a letter grade for the free agency period for the Packers.
0: Okay, so overall in free agency, for as much as they actually lost, I'm okay with how free agency went just based on the, the checkbook. Um, I'm like I said I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty upset about Tremont Williams not getting even an offer like even uh, just respect the guy and give him an offer but you get Wagner obviously it hurts you know you you get uh and he decides to opt out but you know what I'm not I'm never going to hold that against a guy if you're going to opt out in 2020 because of coronavirus and and you don't you know it's a health thing I totally get it I'm not going to hold that against you it's just unfortunate Um, That you know, it was was one of the Packers additions because he was a decent player for a while there with Carolina. Um, But overall, I I think there was quite a bit of addition by subtraction. Um, You you look at uh, losing the linebacker. You you look at, 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 at frankly, getting rid of Jimmy Graham. I mean, how often was that dude hobbling around the 40-yard line trying to run an in route? Like yeah, how long is, are
1: we? How long are we supposed oh to pretend God. that Jimmy Graham is still his 2013 form? Dude, like,
0: uh, uh, I don't know how Green Bay felt about it when they signed him, but when I when I when I saw that Green Bay signed Jimmy Graham, and I know it's kind of a tangent, but whatever. Um, when I saw that Green Bay signed Jimmy Graham, I looked at it as taking a flyer on a dude. You know, is there anything left in the tank? You pull him off the scrap heap and say, "Hey, can you recreate some of that magic from the Saints like five years ago?" Um, and it didn't happen. The dude was a liability. He was dropping footballs in the only place where it literally, literally, the only place that mattered was the was the end zone, and he couldn't catch any footballs. Um, so addition by subtraction, there you lose Balaga, you add Wagner. It's it's a loss there, but I, I'm I'm gonna say like C plus. I thought it was okay. You, you add Kirksey at at, at at inside linebacker. You replace the right tackle. You lost. Um, I'm going to say C+. Plus. It was just kind of meh for me.
1: Yeah, and how about Jimmy Graham signing a two-year, $16 million deal with the What pitch? is Chicago doing? That's, what a, is that's Chicago, so bad. So, what is Chicago doing? Dude, this, is this, this is the same team that drafted fucking Adam Shaheen in the second round out of Ashland University. Ashland College. I know. Dude, dude how, it, how it, long are we supposed to pretend so Jimmy Graham's seeing, good?
0: Dude, we're not – I said it the day they signed him. People are like, well, Jimmy Graham. I'm like, nope, you're relying way too much on the name. If you haven't watched him in the last year, this dude is broken down and beaten up. Like, he's not a good player anymore. Dude, he revitalized Mercedes Lewis's career. Yes. Mercedes Lewis, was. Was, Mercedes Lewis literally was way better than Jimmy Graham last year. Way better than Jimmy Graham. And that's like his 14th year in the league. I know. Mercedes Lewis, Aaron Rodgers was actually happy with how Mercedes Lewis played he caught a few passes and he was a, and he was a decent blocker jimmy graham was when he was out on the field he was quite literally a waste of a player oh complete yeah complete waste he of space. can't he can't block he couldn't run anymore the only thing he was good at was catching passes with his height i think he's like six seven he wasn't doing that why was he on the
1: football field oh dude i have no idea um <laughs> no. <laughs> my and my great- like yeah, we like what we see. Here's two years. <laughs> oh, dude! How the, even worse that the—I mean, thank God the pat or the, the the Bears signed him. But yeah, that's um, embarrassing.
0: That makes me so happy. Like, oh, there's gonna, not a better team he could have gone out. to. Just the Bears. I hate the Bears, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True, dude. Fuck the Bears. Oh um, God. I, I give I give this free agency period a C minus. So okay. it's it's a C when it comes to replacing talent. I think you are ex- exactly in the same place you were last year. Like you lost a little bit of talent, but you gained a little bit, a bit, a little bit of talent. But I don't think the goal in free agency should be just to maintain what you had. It should be to try to get better. So that's why it's a C minus. I mean, it's it's negligible. I mean, you didn't really. Yeah, you lost Bulaga, but you got Wagner, so you're not really losing anything on the offensive line. I couldn't give two fucks about Blake Martinez. You got Kirksey and Martin, I but I don't think you got. I don't think you got better. I, I think you got better at linebacker. I really do
0: think you got better at linebacker. I, you obviously got worse at right tackle, but, like, for the money you're saving, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy with it, honestly. Like, obviously, I'll keep going back to what you said earlier. I mean, you're going to pay – for C talent, you're going to pay B money. B talent, you're going to pay A money. And that's the reason free agency can be so frustrating. Like, you look at Billy Turner. Like, Billy Turner, the Packers gave him a Brinks truck, and he's been terrible. He, that dude's been a turnstile. On the offensive line, like f- free agency is, is super high risk, high reward. So the fact that the Packers kind of went conservative, I'm okay with that, especially after what they did um, in the previous free agency.
1: Oh yeah, of course. And obviously it's a step down, but I mean, it's, it's so hard to compare the two, um, it's- but, but you couldn't, you couldn't sign. There's not really uh, to steal a quote from your favorite uh, sports personality in the twin cities market. There's no such thing as a bad one year deal. So, I mean, if you, like, I know we all hate Laquan Treadwell, but if you signed him to, to <laughs> camp, what's the worst thing that happens? He wastes a roster spot. Yeah. Then you just yep. cut him. All and right. If he turns out,
0: and if he turns out to be, you know, 70% of what he was supposed to be, well, you've got a great player then, you know, like there, I don't have a problem with taking a flyer on players, especially during free agency. If you're not going to pay him a ton of money, you know, pull him off the scrap heap and see what's left.
1: And if there's nothing, nothing lost. Oh, absolutely! So we've talked about the draft. We've talked about free agency. So I'd like to close this historic show—the first time Reagan Hooverman historic. graces Northstar Sports dot Media. Historic. Hopefully, the first of many. All right. I haven't seen it yet. Does it look good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I care more. Is about Jim it, yeah. is Jim Sturm in the hall? In the Hall of Fame? Yeah. No. no. Oh, okay. Well, um, I just thought uh, I would ask. I don't know. I don't know how the balloting works. I, I heard there was some mail-in voting issues last year. I wasn't sure. Yeah, that was rough. I thought it was weird that there was only one member and you got outvoted by 16,000 votes. Yeah, there was there was something wrong there. I, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, some dead Chicago voters. Um, Voter I'm, front. I'm not supposed to say this, but luckily we're not on air and I uh, can confide in a close uh, personal friend. Um but i 've talked to people who uh, set the ballots, and it 's a near lock that Jim Sturm is on the 2021 ballot
0: Oh yeah, this is breaking news. I think yeah. this should be live tweeted
1: oh we're we 're on air right now <laughs> yeah, okay, Uh-oh. well, that whole oh, that 's embarrassing, not as embarrassing as Tom brenneman, but that 's embarrassing oh uh, yeah the hot mics, the hot mics you the hot to mics that. gotta watch out for him, fuck it we'll do it live. <laughs> That's getting exposed to the 10th degree, dude. <laughs> oh, as, it, as it should be. Um, but, yeah, Jim Sturm uh, will be on the 2021 ballot. I guess I'll just oh, break God. it right now. I mean, we're still, you know, we're still 10 months away from, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame uh, induction. But, yeah, I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at a lot of people. We're, we're looking at Theo. We're looking at Chris. Um, I, Christian Martin's got to be – we got to take a look at Christian Martin's resume. That's tr- Honestly, honestly, when you that look dude, at his man. resume, it, it holds up over time. It really does. That dude, that dude's like a fine
0: wine. He, he gets better with time. You you look at Christian Martin's resume. That dude once spent seventy two hours in the WRFW newsroom studying for finals, no sleep. I mean, he. Oh, he definitely slept in there. We're talking about a grinder's
1: grinder here with Christian Martin. This guy is first team all hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Christian Martin is a journalist to journalist. I think that's what we all got to say about oh, this guy. He, Hard he's, nose. Your, he's, your, he's your favorite journalist, favorite journalist. <laughs> he's, he doesn't take no for an answer. He's, he's always working. He's always moving for some uh, reason. He's he probably moved like seven times while we were in college. I respect the hell legend. out of Christian Martin. Legend. F- honestly, I mean, you're a pretty funny guy, but honestly, Christian Martin's probably the funniest guy from, from back a at River Falls. candle next to that guy. I mean that dude.
0: I mean that dude's an all timer. He made going to class just, enjoyable. Oh my
1: god, dude! That t- literally going to any class with Christian Martin, you knew you were getting some cheap entertainment. Oh, and you know what, You know what's the beauty about him being the hardworking guy he is? I guarantee you that he'll find this interview. Oh yeah. I'm oh, not even know. gonna tag him in it because I just know he'll find it. Like 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 three weeks from now, I'll get a
0: text from Christian Martin saying, "Hey, I heard your show." Thanks for that. Thanks for the shout out. Appreciate it.
1: Fucking shout out to Christian Martin.
0: Dude, that dude's a legit legend. Like he really is for, you know, kind of a quirky guy, but he's a nice dude. He works hard and he does some decent work. I can live with
1: that. Oh, I respect. Listen, when you're talking about dirty bird radio, the conversation starts and stops with the name Christian Martin. (laughs) What about wacky radio? Where does the conversation start and stop there? (laughs) Uh, With sad 50 year old guys getting paid nickels to cover D3 hockey. Hey, don't forget about that press box pizza. Oh my God.
0: Nine toppings, nine toppings, literally nine toppings. Not even literally nine top.
1: We pulled them off and counted what the, okay. So cheese, pepperoni, thirds of onions, Thirds Sausage. of tomatoes, turkey, peppers, turkey. Jesus oh, Christ, we're at like eight there. already. Uh, there might have been bacon. Yeah, probably. There was definitely Canadian bacon. Literally everything that the, I'm surprised I'm they didn't eight. put carrots on there. Just everything I, they have in the I, pizza. I, I legit pulled it off and wrote it down on 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 my on my game prep. <laughs> while while we were sitting there waiting for the third quarter to start. Hey, kind of a morbid question, but I'll throw it out there. Do you think that old timer is still alive? I'd like to believe so. <laughs> Maybe he was an appar- apparition or whatever. Maybe he was a ghost the whole time. What
0: did what even. Dude, we were getting heckled. Sidebar. We were legit getting heckled on the way to the press box. Yeah, I thought we that was like your uncle up or something. We were on our way up the stairs, and this dude like pulls me aside and goes, Where the hell are you going? I'm like. Dude, this is a college football game. Why are you? What are you doing? Like, what's going on? My fucking seats. Yeah, I'm like, like I'm going to the press box now. Can you leave me alone, buddy? What's going on?
1: God. That was weird. That whole experience is weird. Oh, dude, that entire day was. Dude, we went on air. We parked in 30 seconds it. before the oh, the game started. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we, dude, you remember how I thought that the red button wasn't on and that we weren't on air? Dude, I get. I figured out we were on yep. air, so all that stuff of me going like, ah, uh, I don't think I cursed or anything, but that yep. entire two intros I think was on the radio. Not that anybody yeah. gives a shit because I don't. Seven people were tuning in. Oh,
0: oh yeah. Being like, held was in, awesome. in a
1: sex dungeon in, in, in you know outside of yeah. juniors. It was like it was like us and The seven listening that were trying
0: to get through the broadcast and God, dude, that dude, was those are fun it as like hell. That Always happen. W- w- did we ever have a trip that went flawlessly?
1: I don't think so. Dude. I don't, think, I don't, think, I don't think,
0: so. think we did. Every time we, we left, were always it was awful. Lost. something was broken, our spot was given away. Oh, like oh my god. I every I, dude, time. Like a couple weeks ago I was telling some I was telling someone the story about the WRFW 50th where we got oh, stranded man. and we and they gave away our press box seat and they wanted us on the roof where it was raining. Oh, that's oh, a man. that's literally there. So much went wrong in that day. You'd think it was a fake
1: story, and I'm like, I wish it was fake. And we got back in time, and there still wasn't any contacts. nobody. Oh, to meet. oh no, all those connections. Oh, <laughs> all those drunk old people who yeah, aren't are are not the, even those, in the field.
0: Those are the Chris Greg connections. Haha! <laughs> Shout out Chris Greg. A- apparition connections. There was nothing there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Although, I, I would not have rather have done it with a different person. We Oh, I agree. We had a blast. For as hell as it was, I had, a, I had a great time. That was fun. And like I said, the last time we were on WRFW, you and me will have a show one day. I don't know where it will be, but we will have a show actually on terrestrial radio, which is dying, so probably the internet. Hopefully, it's FM. Okay, if, if we get on in time for terrestrial, it better be FM. If it's AM, we'll get we'll we'll get out by by uh, local uh, Mexican stations and uh, yep. second stations of. Um, it'll be
0: it'll at that point it'll be us and the two listening, and one will be a producer. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully,
1: it's not uh, not AM. Yeah. Not not a whole lot of big AM. You know, shout out to any AM stations listening because you, I, you need all yeah, the help you can get.
0: If you stream AM radio. It's actually good. If you try to listen to AM radio in a
1: legit car, dude, it's the worst thing ever. I could have an AM transmitter in my backyard, and if I go to my basement, I'm not going to get it. Yes, literally, I, I've i
0: driven through the cities and gotten a garbage AM signal. Like, it's impossible.
1: Dude, shout out to the WRFW uh, signal, because I get that pretty much at the Mall of America,
0: which good signal, way Surprisingly,
1: good signal, yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously it's not crystal clear at that point, but that's as far as I get it. But dude, if, if you have an AM radio station, why just, just go on the internet? Like there's no, there's not even any point to having an AM station. Dude, shout out to Mike Wolseley. Legit dude, that legend. guy's a G. Like
0: actually put in work. He helped me get my stuff off the radio, like, or uh, off the radio, off the computer at school, like a week or two ago. Like that dude's a legit legend. Actually put in work, knows what he's doing. Had some drive. What's that like? Yeah, I I don't know. We had to go without it for a couple of years.
1: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. The great and powerful Bergsteeny. Bergsteeny. Yeah, yeah, I respect. I respect Mike. It sucks that he was only there for like the ha- last half of a semester where I was there. But radio station doesn't really exist anymore, to be honest. So you know what I mean. I forgot what we were talking about. We just totally went sidebar, but it was super fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm having a blast. Um, sucks that we're probably going to have to wrap it up because we're not paying you. So we can't keep you here like uh, child labor. Um, so I, I just kind of want um, a preview of the season. You don't have to get super in depth. Maybe uh, a win loss record would be awesome, but what are your expectations for this upcoming season? Given, given the moves that they've made in free agency and the draft.
0: So my expectations are not going to be crazy because every fan you ask them, what's the expectation? Will it's, it's 12 wins in a, in a first round buy. That's not my expectation. My expectation, get into the playoffs, however that happens. If you need to win the division, then win the division. If you need to take a wild card slot, then take a wild card slot. But my, my expectation is playoffs. In terms of win-loss, I'd like to see 10 wins. If you hit double-digit wins, they'll be happy. I think right now they're projected like nine and a half or so. Um, so I'd like to see double-digit wins. And I'd like to see pr- pretty much two things. What happens with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, is he going to play like he did last year? Cause if he did, if he does that, the writing is pretty much on the wall in terms of what happens with Jordan Love and, and, and essentially he'll be coming in sooner rather than later. And the second thing is what the defense will be like, because for as flashy as the defense was last year, they got a ton of sacks. zadarius led the league in pressures um, for quarterbacks, on quarterbacks, I should say. I want to see if we can actually be a top ten defense again. Because if you if you look at the numbers from last year, like I said, a lot of a lot of flash. And there was, you know, there was a lot of sacks and a lot of quarterback pressures, and that's all fantastic. But they were still giving up chunk yards. And they've got decent players in the secondary most notably Jair. I mean, he's been fantastic. I'd like to see him take another step, but th- the defense as a whole, I want to see a top 10 defense. And I, I genuinely don't think that's asking for too much considering Kenny Clark. You've got, you know, Preston and Zedarius, you add Kirksey, Jair and, and Kevin King. D- this is, this has the makings to be one of the best defenses in the league. And I'd like to see that happen. So you know, if you've got Aaron Rodgers playing, I'm not asking for 2014 Aaron Rodgers. I'm asking for a top ten Aaron Rodgers, you know, in terms of quarterback position in the league. And I'd like to see a top ten defense. If those two things happen, I don't think they'll have a problem getting to ten wins.
1: Yeah. So I want to kind of, excuse me, preface this by saying uh, we live under the Rona. So it would it with Correct. any with any team, it wouldn't shock me if the Packers went two and fourteen because. Rogers in love, get, get the COVID and you have to start Tim Boyle. You know what I mean? So I just want to say that first of all, through our Lord Jesus Christ, anything to... is possible, but um, yeah, any record wouldn't shock me. So the, the big thing for me is you finally have a good defense. You finally have a defense. That's probably not going to blow leads and could be a top 10 defense. So the question for me, it all comes down on Aaron Rodgers, And unfortunately there's things out of his control, like the team not investing in the wide receiver position. So do we get last year's Aaron Rodgers or three years ago, Aaron Rodgers? Or maybe that was the year he had his collarbone, but the Aaron Rodgers have passed. What because, else? You know what I mean, yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers of last year, he was kind of conservative. I mean, 26 touchdowns, I think four interceptions, high completion percentage. I don't think you're gonna lose a lot of I leads if you can percentage. if you can get leads early, but I don't think that's a team that's gonna, that sets up this season uh, to to be a, a team that wins a lot of close games. Maybe, maybe you win close games "Quote unquote" dominantly because your defense is is going to be good and you're not going to blow you know a, a two possession lead in the fourth quarter. Um, but if but if we get the Aaron Rodgers from a couple of years ago coupled with this defense, now that that's dangerous. That's dangerous. I'm going to say ten wins is probably my expectation uh, for the team. I don't know if that's good enough to win the division or if it's good enough to get a wild card, but they will make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it'll be with it'll. 10 wins will be within, at least be within one win of the winner of the NFC North. Cause I don't see, th- I yep. don't see any team running away with it and, you know, winning 13 games. It's either
0: Green Bay or Minnesota. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Bears suck. The Lions, every, everybody's going to get canned from the Lions at the end of this season. I can absolutely guarantee it. Um, yep. So I, I, I would say it's, a, it's a good team. And listen, I don't know. We're, we're under the Rona. So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the Packers won the Super Bowl because they are an above average team. And if they stay healthy uh, and some weird stuff happens, who knows, man, this is a, these are weird times we're in, but again, it it wouldn't, it also wouldn't shock me if the world returned a little bit more to normalcy and they just got worked in like a a divisional game or the championship game. If they went up against, you know, the Niners or, or, you know, whatever surprise team comes up. That's, that's really deep. I mean, you know, I, I guess I would say, I mean, Seattle's not deep, but it wouldn't shock me if they lost to upper echelon teams, you know, as they progress throughout the playoffs. If, if there was ever going to be a year
0: where some team just goes crazy and gets lucky, it's going to be this year. Like, imagine if uh, – like, dude, imagine if Detroit – I almost said Tampa Bay because they've been bad for so long, but obviously, Tom. But imagine if, like, Detroit or, like, the Jets. They could legit win a Super Bowl if they stay healthy and no one else does. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. So, obviously, all the expectations for Green Bay comes with a caveat. Depending on how corona happens, you know, what teams stay healthy. Does the season even finish? Does the season happen? You know, because the NFL isn't going to be in a bubble, and you're, you're asking a lot of, you know, rich, young, 22, between 22 and 28-year-old guys to, you know, stay pretty conservative not go out to the clubs and not get sick and whatever but um obviously that's the big caveat for this year is is do teams stay healthy does the season finish um and and kind of how teams approach the whole coronavirus thing
1: yeah and to be honest karma's in the favor of the packers because um well for a lot of reasons the packers have had two hall of fame quarterbacks and only ever gotten two super bowl wins so they're they're kind of they kind of do for something to, to, to break their way, but that is true, um, you know, not to get anything political. It's just, you know, kind of a fact, but like, okay, so Corey Lindsley, say he's an idiot, probably a nice guy. I don't know. I'm just using him as an example. He's your yep. center. Yep. He tests positive. Okay. Elkton Jenkins tests positive, and then Lucas Patrick or, or Lane Taylor tests positive. Uh, Rogers is going to test positive because he's pretty much, you know, performing a colonoscopy on the center. I mean, so it's you. You yeah. could have like large swaths of teams go down. Yeah. And and listen, I don't. Oh, I don't I mean. I don't mean to generalize about the Packers or any football team, college or professional. Uh, you know, because oh, these are all stupid people. You know, these these are dumb people who wouldn't be in college, uh, if they weren't good at sports. That's true for some, but there's a lot of smart people. But listen, it it only takes one Mike Clevenger. It only takes one idiot to get everybody. So. I mean, unless you unless you believe, and this is true for any team, but you know, for the Packers trying to stay healthy, unless you believe you have sixty-three guys or whatever with the practice squad that are all like, ah, we know what they're doing when they're when they're not at practice, they're at home playing video games, not you know going out to dinner or whatever. I mean, it's a possibility for any team.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's just there's God, there's there's so much there's such a random element to this upcoming season that that anything could happen but like i said i'll stick to those two points i want to see aaron Rodgers be a top 10 quarterback again eh, top five would be nice i'd like to see that but we'll you know we'll stay with top 10 instead of 15 or 16 which he was last year um and then also i'd like to see a top 10 defense the last time the packers had a top 10 defense they won a super bowl so um you, you know you get back to giving aaron Rodgers some help on the defensive side of the football you create some turnovers a lot of good things can happen. And I think that would be a, a pretty lethal combination
1: if those two things happened. Absolutely. So I think that's a great place to wrap up. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We've been trying to do it for a while. Now we got, Absolutely. you know, the, the time. Hopefully we'll have you on. First in the of yeah. Oh, it it, it better me. Be, it better be. Listen, you and me, when we're on the radio together, it's electric. It's the mailman and the hound dog, just the way sure. nature intended for it to be. <laughs> that's right a lot of fun oh a, a ton of fun this is this is a start of great things like I said Reagan Hooverman you never know where stuff like this will lead you you never know if we'll be doing play by play and color commentary somewhere or if we have a show somewhere I mean the future is just full of opportunities it might not seem like it right now because you know the whole world has gone batshit insane uh, pun intended but you know Literally. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's fun stuff so uh do you have anything you wanna plug, Reagan? Do you wanna plug your, your Twitter account so people can follow your witty banter?
0: Oh yeah, all this all the sports tweets. I'll I'll plug the Twitter. Twitter is at sportsfanhoove at obviously sports regular fan H O O V. Give it a follow. I tweet about sports all the time. You and I, we usually go back and forth on something stupid at least once a week and are having a good laugh about it. Um so yeah, Twitter's a great place for the most part. Um and uh, give me a follow, I had a lot of fun. Did like an hour and a half on this. We went pretty in depth with the Green Bay talk. Yeah, and, this uh, went way longer than I thought, in a good that's way. That's all right, it was a blast and uh, I think we covered
1: pretty much all the bases, so. Absolutely, yeah. if only people had access to our Twitter DMs. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, make sure you have the two-tone verification on your on your Twitter account there. Absolutely. All righty, so we're wrapping up, wrapping it up here. This was our 2020 Green Bay Packers season preview. That's Reagan the Hound Dog Hooverman. I'm Owen the Mailman Ely, and this has been North Star Sports. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.